the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is as deep as we want it to be. The Lord will not force us to go deeper than we want to go. But if we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. And we can never exhaust that promise. We can never reach the point where the Lord says, Stop drawing near to me so much. You know, this is getting too deep and weird for me. Let's keep it in the shallow end. The depth of our relationship with the Lord is up to us. That's a truth that all of us need to hear at times. If you're like most believers, you probably prayed for God to draw near to you. The heart of that prayer is good, but in reality, God is as near to us as we let Him be. When you open your heart in humility and honesty, He'll rush in and fill you to the deepest part. As Pastor Dan will explain in today's message, when you feel far from God, it's you who's moved away, not Him. Seek Him earnestly, and you'll find He's closer than you ever realized. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Zechariah chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Zechariah chapter 1. Now, just to begin by giving you some background to Zechariah, Zechariah was one of the post-exile prophets. God had prophets before Israel went into exile in Babylon, such as Isaiah. He had prophets while they were in exile in Babylon, such as Daniel. And then he had prophets after uh, the exile, that ministered to that remnant of Jews that returned back to Jerusalem uh, to rebuild the temple. If you remember, about 50,000 Jews decided to return to Jerusalem after the exile. Uh, Most Jews chose to stay in Babylon. That small number returned to rebuild rebuild the temple. Zechariah was a post-exile prophet to that remnant in Jerusalem. Haggai, that we finished last week, and Malachi were the other post-exile prophets. And technically, you could include John the Baptist in with the post-exile prophets because Jesus said all of the prophets prophesied until John. And so John was the last of the Old Testament prophets or the last of the post-exile prophets. Uh, Zechariah was a contemporary of Haggai. We know this because Zechariah gives dates of when he received Uh, words from the Lord, uh, much like Haggai did. And so we know from the dates that his ministry overlapped with Haggai. Uh, Zechariah is quoted or alluded to 42 times in the New Testament. Zechariah is quoted or alluded to more than any other Old Testament book. Uh, Zechariah gives more 
Christ-centered prophecies than any other Old Testament book with the exception of Isaiah. And remember, you know, prophecy is one of the things that makes the Bible unique. And Zechariah was written about 500 years before the birth of Christ. But Zechariah gives very specific prophecies concerning both the first and second coming of Jesus Christ. I'll give you just a couple examples, a few examples. Zechariah 9.9. In Zechariah 9.9, it it describes the Messiah coming into Jerusalem on a donkey. Zechariah 9.9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey. And this, of course, was fulfilled on Palm Sunday by Jesus Christ. Uh, Zechariah chapter 11, verses 12 to 13, describes the Messiah being betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. And then the silver returned, and the potter's field purchased with that money, and that was fulfilled by Judas. He betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Uh, Zechariah 10.3 says that the Lord, and it's capital L-O-R-D, Yahweh, will visit his flock, the house of Judah. The Lord will visit his flock. Jesus came to Israel as the good shepherd of Israel. Uh, Zechariah 14 describes the return of the Messiah to the earth, and it says in Zechariah 14, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. Jesus, remember, ascended to heaven from the Mount of Olives, and when he returns, Zechariah tells us he will stand on the Mount of Olives. Uh, In Acts chapter 1, verse 11, after Jesus ascended to heaven, uh, we're told that the disciples were there on the Mount of Olives watching him ascend to heaven. And then an angel appeared to them, and the angel said, "Men Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. He will return just as he went up from the Mount of Olives. He will return to the Mount of Olives. And that's from Zechariah. Uh, Zechariah 12.10. The Lord God says, And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only begotten son, and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. The house of David, it says, which is Israel, they will look upon the Lord God whom they pierced. Now, when did Israel pierce the Lord God? When they nailed Jesus Christ to the cross. Uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 7 says, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. The later chapters in the book of Zechariah describe the kingdom age after Jesus Christ returns and rules over all the earth. And so that's just a sampling of what's in the book of Zechariah and what God has in store for us over the coming weeks. There's a lot in the book about Jesus. And remember, Jesus said all of the scriptures testify of him, that he comes in the volume of of the book, and we see that for sure in Zechariah. So now, verse one says, "In the eighth month, on the, in the of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, 
the son of Ido, the prophet, saying, now, just like Haggai that we finished last week, Zechariah gives the specific date on when the word of the Lord came to him. It was the eighth month of the second year of Darius. Darius was the Persian king at that time, remember? Now, a few things we want to observe about this date. First of all, the date shows this is recording historical events. This is recording historical events that actually happened. Critics will say that the Bible is just a bunch of made-up stories, especially the Old Testament. It's, it's all fiction. It's all folklore. These dates testify to the Bible being historical and true. It, it doesn't begin with once upon a time or a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It says in the eighth month of the second year of Darius. That's a specific date. These events actually happened. Another thing about this date, before the exile, dates in the Bible were given in reference to the kings of Israel and Judah. And so back in the books of Kings and Chronicles, you would read things like, in the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel. Well, there's no more kings of Israel. There's no more kings of Judah. And so the date is given in reference to Darius, the king of Persia which was the ruling empire. And, and, and for the Jews coming out of this exile or in the years after the exile, reading this and seeing the date given according to the Persian king instead of their own king, I mean, that's a punch in the gut for them to know that, that you know, their kings are gone. There is no more king over Israel or Judah. A third thing about this date is that it shows that Zechariah's ministry began just two months after Haggai's ministry. We know that from Haggai chapter 1, verse 1. And so, if you remember in Haggai, the Lord spoke through Haggai and exhorted the people to get back to the work of rebuilding the temple, the work that God had called them to do, and they responded to Haggai with obedience, and they immediately got back to the work of building the temple, and the people were back at the work for about a month, when God sends Zechariah to them to deliver this word from the Lord. Now, verse 1 also tells us that Zechariah was the grandson of Ido. Ido, if you're taking notes, he's mentioned in Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 4, Nehemiah 12, 4, as one of the priests who returned from the exile to rebuild the temple. So Zechariah was from a priestly family. He's a priest who's been called of God to be a prophet, much like John the Baptist in the New Testament was from a family of priests, and he was called of God to be a prophet. Now look at the Lord's message to the people in verse 2. Again, let me remind you, they've been back at the work of rebuilding the temple now for about a month, and in verse 2, the Lord speaks to them through the prophet Zechariah, and here's his message. The Lord has been very angry with your fathers. Therefore, say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts, return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers, to whom the former prophets preach, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, turn now from your evil ways and your evil deeds, but they did not hear nor heed me, says the Lord. You're listening to Ring of Truth, 
with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. God gets right to the point with this, doesn't he? <laughs> Lord, shouldn't you take a softer approach? Lord, Lord, shouldn't you try to build a bridge first? Lord, shouldn't you try to connect with the people on some level first before you just kind of lower the boom like this? Lord, you're going to lead with, I was very angry with your fathers. That's how you're going to start this conversation. It's kind of abrupt, don't you think? Kind of inconsiderate of their feelings. We might expect the Lord to open by saying something affirming or uplifting or encouraging. He, he, he doesn't open by saying, I'm glad you're finally back to the work I've called you to do. Keep up the good work. No, the, the Lord's first word to them is a call to repentance. He says, return to me. That's a call to repentance. And, and, and listen, as I've said, they have restarted the work of building the temple. They've been back at work for a month after not doing the work for 16 or 17 years. Now they're back to doing the work. But the Lord says, return to me. Huh? Lord, we're rebuilding your temple. Lord, we're back at work. What are you talking about? Here's the thing, and this is important. They had returned to the Lord's work, but they hadn't returned to the Lord. There's a difference between doing the Lord's work and returning to the Lord. And they had returned to the Lord's work, but had not returned to the Lord. And so Zechariah calls them to repent and return to the Lord. And repentance, listen, repentance is really about your relationship with the Lord. Repentance is not just stopping bad behavior or immoral behavior. It's not simply doing things God wants you to do, like rebuilding the temple or living how God wants you to live. Repentance is returning to the Lord. It's reestablishing your relationship with him or establishing your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ for the first time. It's about your relationship with the Lord. And, and once you, you have that relationship with the Lord restored, it's out of that relationship that you now have a desire to change your behavior and do the works of the Lord again. And so the Lord opens his message through Zechariah with a call to repentance. That's where they have to start. They have to begin with a right relationship with the Lord. And again, this call comes just weeks after they've resumed the work of the Lord. Their fundamental need was not a rebuilt temple. It was a renewed relationship with God. And sometimes people think, well, well, uh, I need to make changes in my life. I need to quit my bad behavior. I need to turn over a new leaf or I need to start going to church or I need to start getting involved and in serving the Lord. And those are all good things. But you need to start with a right relationship with God. You need to start with a renewed heart. Otherwise, you end up honoring God with all of your works, but your heart is far from God. And that's what they were doing. They were doing the Lord's work 
without a relationship with the Lord. And so Zechariah began with a call to repentance. Right out of the gate, he calls them to repent. You know, the first message of Jesus Christ was a call to repentance. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The first sermon of the, of the new church in the book of Acts was a call to repentance. In Acts chapter 2, Peter preached the gospel and then said, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And throughout the book of Acts, there was an emphasis on the need for repentance. God's work always begins with people turning to him and repentance. That's the need. That's where you have to start. Look at verse 2 again. Zechariah reminds them that they have a history of not returning to the Lord. Again, in verse 2, the Lord has been very angry with your fathers. Therefore, say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts, return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets preached, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, turn now from your evil ways and your evil deeds. But they did not hear nor heed me, says the Lord. So, so they have a history of not returning to the Lord. In verse 2, the Lord says, I was angry, very angry with your fathers. And remember, God is slow to anger. And, and he, he says in verse 3, return to me and I will return to you. And in the New Testament and James, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Very similar to what the Lord says here. And, and you know, it, it, we are the ones who determine the depth of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know that? We determine the depth of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is as deep as we want it to be. The Lord will not force us to go deeper than we want to go. But if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. And we can never exhaust that promise. We can never reach the point where the Lord says, stop drawing near to me so much. You know, this is getting too deep and weird for me. Let's keep it in the shallow end. The depth of our relationship with the Lord is up to us. And again, in verse 4, he says, don't be like your fathers. Don't be like your fathers. Your fathers were stiff-necked, they were hard-hearted, and they were rebellious, and they refused to repent and turn from their evil ways, even though the Lord sent prophet after prophet after prophet to them to try to persuade them to turn back. They refused to listen to the Lord, and the Lord says, don't be like your fathers. Learn from their mistakes. Learn from their bad example. In verse 5, look what he says. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? Your fathers refuse to return to me, and where are they now? They're in captivity. In Babylon, that's where they are. How did their stubbornness and rebellion work out for them? Not so great. They ended up in exile. And we can learn what not to do. From some people. Some people are an example of what not to do. In fact, in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul tells us Israel is an example to us of what not to do. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, Paul writes, These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of this age. The Old Testament was written down for us to learn from Israel's example of what not to do. We don't want to make the same mistakes they made. Look at verse 6. Yet surely my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not overtake 
your fathers. God repeatedly warned Israel that if they do not repent and return to the Lord, he would remove them from the land and send them into captivity. And that's what happened. Precisely what God said would happen in his word did happen. That's what he means here by, uh, you know, what I commanded my servants, the prophets. Did they not overtake your fathers? They were overtaken by the word of God. The word of God caught up with them, you might say. The word of God stands forever, the Bible says. The word of God never returns void. It never fails. Psalm 119, verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. The word of God is settled. Jesus said, Not one jot or one tittle of the law shall pass away until all is fulfilled. He said, Elsewhere heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. And we can be confident in the Bible, and we can be confident in every prophecy in the Bible that it will be fulfilled exactly as God said. Everything the Bible says about the last days and the signs of the times and what is to come upon the earth, everything the Bible says about the rapture of the church and the Antichrist and the tribulation and the second coming of Jesus Christ and the kingdom age, it's all going to be fulfilled. It's all going to come to pass just as it's written. And he tells Israel, I I told you what I was going to do. And then I did it just as I said I would. And look at the second half of verse 6. The the second half of verse 6 is describing the people now in Zechariah's time. The people listened to the Lord's message through the prophet Zechariah, and they returned to the Lord. They repented. So they returned and said, just as the Lord of hosts determined to do to us according to our ways and according to our deeds, so he has dealt with us. So, So they return. They repent. That brings us to verse 7. And beginning in verse 7, Zechariah receives the first of eight visions, night visions, that he will receive. And these eight visions are recorded for us in chapters 1 through 8. And we're told the date that he received this vision. On the 24th day of the 11th month, which is the month of Shabbat, in case you're wondering, In the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Ido, the prophet. Verse 8, I saw by night and behold a man riding on a red horse and it stood the horse among the myrtle trees in the hollow or in the valley and behind him were horses, red, sorrel and white. Zechariah sees a man on a red horse and as we, as we see in this passage, this man is, is standing among some myrtle trees in the hollow or in the valley. Uh, at, you know, at this point, they're only in Jerusalem, so it's maybe one of the valleys around Jerusalem. Maybe the Kidron Valley or one of the other valleys there. We can't say for sure. And we're told that there were other horses with him, red sorrel and white horses. And, and the Hebrew here, it, it's plural, so there's multiple red, multiple sorrel, multiple white. So it's not just three other horses. And it's implied, as we're going to see in the passage, that there were riders on those horses also. So you have this man standing among the myrtles. Who is this man standing among the myrtles? Well, down in verse 11, he's called the angel of the Lord. And if you have a New King James Version, the phrase angel of the Lord is capitalized. Because this is an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ. He asked me how I know and I 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Zechariah, and he has more to share with you next time. If you have any questions or would like to talk to share a prayer request, we'd like to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website, Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab. Then click on Contact. Maybe you're looking for additional messages from this series. You can find them at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. If you'd like to submit a prayer request of something that's been on your heart, you can do that on our website as well. Just look under the Prayer tab at calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe and to get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this Old Testament book of Zechariah. So be sure to join us again right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that cry. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.